So hi everyone, this is the Optimize Interviews IMT uh, Gastro Knowledge video. Um, we're going to be talking about decompensated liver disease uh, in this scenario, in this uh, video. So I'm Michael, I'm one of the gastroenterology registrars uh, in South London and I'll introduce you to Justin. Hi there, I'm Justin and I am IMT1, currently based in Liverpool. So yeah, so you know, it wouldn't be a uh, medical take without a patient presenting with some form of decompensated liver disease really it's incredibly common and these patients have a huge morbidity associated with them and are in hospital a lot and um, so no and they get sick they are living with one organ failure that's something to key to remember is when the liver is scarred it doesn't work uh, and it can compensate but it then always just at one or two steps away from decompensating becoming really really unwell so knowing how to manage these patients well and doing it early um, will lead to big improvements in outcomes for these patients um, uh, and you know and and is a, is a really key thing to know how to do um, so without any more to say I'll hand over to Justin just to talk a bit about the background. Yeah so uh, you know very very common both in the acute take and also in the IMT interviews so it's so doubly important to, to make sure you're familiar with decompensated liver disease and, and how to assess and manage it. Um, so alcohol, alcoholic liver disease is, is probably the most uh, common cause uh, in developed countries, but in, div sorry, uh, alcohol or liver disease or hepatitis C uh, in developed countries. Um, but there are a lot of other causes as well for, for a decompensated liver. So, so NAFLD or NASH, you know, you can get your sort of autoimmune type stuff like PVC. Uh, hereditary type stuff like hemochromatosis and you've got your um, medication-based drug-based causes of, of decompensated liver. Um, as Mike mentioned, so very high, very common presentation, very high mortality, so 10 to 20 percent in hospital um, and essentially it is, you know, a patient with cirrhosis who has presented with an acute deterioration in liver function and almost invariably there will be a precipitant for this cause of you know, acute deterioration. Uh, and some of these causes might include GI bleeding, infection, sepsis, alcoholic hepatitis, you know, portal vein thrombosis, HCC, you know, medication use. But even, you know, common things like dehydration and constipation as well, so which which people you know, often forget. So uh, important to, to keep these things in mind as, as you work through the assessment, uh, because, you know, treating the underlying cause it, it will be, you know, key to, to try and, try, uh, you know, uh, solve this um, decompensation. Uh, yeah, so moving on to, to assessment. Um, important for the IMT scenario, when you get someone an interview station with, with decompensated liver disease, um, because these patients can often be very sick um, and they will be sick in the uh, IMT interview uh stations it's important uh, to consider you know what their escalation status is like and that, you know the, these are some higher levels of points that you might get by by mentioning even before seeing the patient you know whether or not you know what, what, what whether they have a dnar what their ceiling of you know care is ceiling of treatment uh and you know what their sort of pre their sort of baseline function is like um, because this might dictate, you know, how far you'd push therapy and whether or not whether or not they'd be uh, suitable for for HDU or ITU care. And of course, remembering also that uh, with someone with alcoholic liver disease uh, who is unwell, 
uh, it might be worth sort of flagging up flagging it up earlier uh, to your registrar or your senior um, on call because that's you know what they'd be looking for uh, in this particular situation that you're a safe SHO you can es escalate appropriately uh, and having those things in mind will I think probably get you some of those higher points in the interview so moving on to the history um, as I mentioned identifying the precipitant is very important so Things you might want to ask for is uh, vomiting, uh, whether or not there's any hematemesis, um, asking about their uh, bowel habits as well, whether they've got any melina in it. Um, do they have any additional edema, swelling or distension from their abdomen, as can often be the case in patients with cirrhosis? Um, but also considering, you know, the more systemic constitutional symptoms like weight loss, fever, what their oral intake is like, whether or not they're opening their bowels uh, regularly to make sure they're not dehydrated and constipated. Um, if they are jaundice, or you, well, you can ask about jaundice, and if they are, you can ask about, you know, what the onset of jaundice is like, uh, whether they're no, they've noticed any cut changes in colour in their urine and their bowels, and that might point you towards... Uh, you know, the cause of jaundice, whether it's pre-hepatic or post-hepatic. Important to ask about drug history because that can be a precipitant. So any NSAID use, um, any over-the-counter sort of herbal remedies, uh, any recre recreational or, or illicit uh, drugs, uh, any IV drug using, uh, any, any IVDU, uh, because that might, you know, not just the medications, but that might have implications for whether or not they've got sort of hepatic viral illness. Um, <clears throat> and apart from that, uh, asking about alcohol history as well, um, as you know, obviously that's one of the most common uh, precipitants. Is there anything else here in the history that you'd want? It's obviously a very big, you know, topic to cover. And, and yeah. you know, I've mentioned some of the points, but, you know, is there anything that I've missed there? No, I think I think that's I think you've covered most of the thing. I think the key thing, as you said, is is to, you know, the two things you need to find out in the history are have they got symptoms consistent with decompensation? So that is jaundice, ascites, um, encephalopathy, coagulopathy, and bleeding. You might not know that until you've got the bloods back, but yeah, those are the things you want to know because those are the signs of decompensation, plus or minus um um upper GI bleeding. Um, and then you want to know the causes of uh, you want to know the um the triggers for as you say so infections you want to ask about infective symptoms constipation drug use as you say um and then uh you know it, and then you can get the other you can examine for the other causes there's lots of them but you can we'll go through that a bit later so that's good i think um and just going back to the kind of background <clears throat> alcohol certainly is the um is the commonest in the uk and um, hepatitis b is 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 one of the commonest worldwide but actually non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is taking up and will probably be the most common um because as a as a species we're getting fatter um and that will be the hepatitis c is essentially cured in in resource rich environments now there's very good drugs that have about 90 to 95 percent success rate of curing hepatitis c so hopefully that will continue to be the case for the rest of the world um, so moving on to uh, kind of what you would look for in uh, examinations for these patients. Yeah, so I think with the examination, you know, along the same lines uh, with the history and the rest of the assessment, uh, you want to be looking for any signs uh, of decompensated liver disease, uh, 
but you'd want to also at the same time check for any precipitants. So peripherally, you know, lots of other stigmata of, of, of liver disease you want to mention that you'd look for. So things like palmar edema, checking for a hepatic flap, um, uh, any pallor, any uh, you know nail changes, uh, and centrally, you know, spider nevi, telangiectasia, gynecomastia, you know, wasting of hair, um, and testing for their cognition is 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 important as well to check for encephalopathy and any signs of jaundice, uh, and also doing a good examination of their abdomen as well. Um, to check for uh, whether there's any signs of peritonism, but also you can look for things like shifting dullness and ascites as well, hepatosplenomegaly, um, equally important. Uh, and, you know, as with all the other gastro uh, type stations, uh, PR examination uh, and external genitalia, if, if, if appropriate, uh, important to mention. Um, the other thing you want to look for apart from these sort of signs uh, is what their hemodynamic status is like. So, you know, they can often be very, very unwell and hemodynamically unstable. So you want to look for things like uh, cap refill, whether their peripheries are cool, whether they feel shut down, what their pulse is like, whether it's thready, um, any signs of dehydration, uh, you know, th those all point towards you know, more, you know, hemo being more hemodynamically unstable, uh, at, at which point, you know, if they are, you know, you want to mention if they are unwell, so things like cardiac monitoring and alerting the medical registrar or senior um, early on. Um, again, trying to demonstrate that that you're a good and a safe uh, doctor. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a I think that's a good a good um, overview of, of what of what you're going for the examination. And I completely agree. Uh, you need senior review. Um, or input at little discussion early on. So whether it's medreg or consultant, someone senior, ideally a hepatologist, um, but you may not be able to get one of those to come and see urgently. Whereas if it's take, then yeah, you need to be getting them involved. And in certain in the scenario, you need to be escalating these patients to your seniors because they are sick. Um, and so then investigations wise, just talk us through what you'd uh, what you'd go for there. Um, so you'd want um some baseline bloods to begin with, so you want a full blood count. You know, you might see anemia. Uh, you know, you might see you know micro macrocytosis uh, in alcohol. Uh, in the usernees, you you want probably want an extended you know electrolyte panel to check for any electrolyte in, in, uh, derangement, especially if it's alcoholic liver uh, or alcohol abuse related. Uh, but also, you're looking for any. Um, AKIs or any renal sort of derangements because that can commonly accompany uh, decompensated liver disease, things like hepatorenal syndrome. Uh, LFTs, of course, um, self-explanatory, but obviously, the, you know, they, they can help you point towards, you know, what, what the cause of jaundice is if, if their bilirubin is up, um, whether it's more obstructive or, or whether it's more sort of uh, liver. But you can think about clotting as well. And that, again, that also gives you a, a a measure of, of synthetic liver function uh, and you know getting a cross match as well important uh, especially if the, you know the high risk for upper GI bleeding um, might be good to have have a safe sample there in case you do need you know to be transfused uh, if, if this if they don't have a clear sort of immediate sort of clear precipitant or if it hasn't been mentioned in the stem you know some clever things you might want to mention is you know something like seroloplasmin or alpha one antitrypsin 
and uh, just check for any sort of metabolic uh, causes for that. But often they will sort of make it quite clear what, you know, what the precipitant is and, and what, what they're, you know, they've probably got known alcoholic liver disease. Uh, but if not, you can't sound smart by mentioning them. Uh, in terms of imaging, uh, you can get a chest X-ray um, and that quick, easy, simple, cheap and check for any perforation. Um, you might want to get an ultrasound scan, uh, you know, check to, to look at the liver uh, specifically. But I think down further downstream imaging you might you know, consider uh, is you might be able to get a CT or an MRI, but that that you know that's much further down the line. I think I think in terms of in the, in the more acute situation, I think uh, not unusual to get an ultrasound scanned uh, for these patients. Uh, and also very important, of course, is the acidic tap if they've got any signs of ascites. And essentially, what you're looking for here is uh, importantly what is the you know what's in the fluid. You know, is it transudative? Is it exudative? Uh, and that might point you towards the cause. Of, of the ascites and you can do something clever cause you calculate a sag and that might point point you towards one or the other but probably more importantly you want to look for with with the acidic tap is whether they or not they've got any signs of um, SBP um, because that will tell you whether or not you know they need antibiotics um, to, to cover with uh, and you would just follow what you know the, the trust protocol for, for antibiotics because you know, antimicrobials can can sort of vary from from place to place so yeah anything else here from the investigation point of view no i think that's i think that's a good overview i think the you know the absolutely if, if they're a new presentation with cirrhosis then um certainly at the time of doing your initial bloods you're going to want to do a non-invasive liver screen um, and the way you can structure that and sound and sound smart if it's an interview process uh, or to your consultant or whatever on, on on there is you can break it down into the causes of um of cirrhosis so obviously alcohol um but then you've got metabolic causes so non-alcoholic fatty liver disease um wilson's disease alpha 1 antitrypsin um and hemochromatosis you can check coeoplasmin as you said you for wilson's you can check alpha 1 antitrypsin you can check check iron studies for um for the for the meta for the uh hemochromatosis then there's viral causes you can check serology for hep b hep c um if it's acute deterioration you can think about doing hep a and hep e as well um, and other viruses like cmv and ebv which can sometimes cause deranged liver function tests um, and then you think about the autoimmune conditions so that's things like autoimmune hepatitis you can send the antibodies and immunoglobulins for that you can check the pbc with the with uh, mitochondrial antibodies and you can and suggest uh, imaging for psc so that's autoimmune conditions um, and that's the way to kind of break it down and sound like it's a structured approach and it means you don't miss anything and then obviously there are rarer causes like drugs and that kind of thing but that you'll have gleaned from your history um chest x-ray absolutely all of them should have one um perforation is not a, not an unreasonable suggestion but also i would say that for a septic screen uh, any any decompensated cirrhotic coming into um hospital needs to have a full septic screen even if they're not spiking temperatures because often they don't uh, and their crp may not be elevated because they harm how one um, so let's always do that and again same with the ultrasound scores they should always have an ultrasound it should look for 
absolutely to look for ascites, um, but also look for a portal vein thrombosis, which might cause a decompensation and for uh, HCC. So any cirrhotic should have a six monthly outpatient ultrasound because of the risk of developing HCC. And again, they can present with acute deterioration. Um, so uh, they're important to know. And then with all that information that you've cleaned, as you say, um, you can then think if you, you know, for the kind of five star points, as you're saying, is, is you can, um, talk about the severity and staging their cirrhosis. So there's a child's pew score, it's A, B or C, um, and that gives, that has an impact on mortality. Um, and if, you know, if they're, and then you can also think about whether they're going to be a transplant candidate. Uh, and so you can talk to say that you would dis discuss uh, that with your registrar, but you could calculate what's called a UKELD score, which is the score, this is the assessment score that we use in the UK to um, screen for patients that need a transplant. So, uh, so those are kind of, added things you can talk about to sound smart um 